Football is life! Welcome everybody to episode 84 of Football is Life. I am Mad May Moonis with Ethan Cooney. Hello, how's it going? And Intro still- music's so nice, we had to play it twice. <laughs> uh, and Matt Powell, how are you doing today, Matt? Hello, hello, I'm great, how are you? And uh, for the first time uh, in the off-season, and uh, first time ever, you can see our faces during uh, the show uh, as we are We just lost all of our viewership. YouTube. Anybody who listened to us now that they've seen our faces, yep. they're like, oh, no wonder they were doing radio. Yep. yep. Uh, if you saw, yeah, it, it, we are the new uh, dream. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, I don't get that right. But <laughs> uh, I, I don't really either. I never watched him. <laughs> I never watched Dream but, either. I just know that his, his face reveal but, was not uh, the best of, of did face Did it go reveals. very well? Uh, but it is it has been a while it's been a wild off season and we're going to get into all of the drama um, and talk about what our teams have done this off season uh, but uh, first uh, let's go over some of uh, the biggest uh, MOS soccer headlines uh, and I'm gonna read them and then uh, we'll hear from y'all. Uh, which ones here you guys think are the most important? Uh, starting off, uh, so I, um, I'm just gonna—I'll read them all first. Uh, first thing, uh, on the day of the Super Draft, MLS tried to leave the U.S. Open Cup, uh, and that was—and U.S. Soccer decided to grow a backbone, and. They uh, said that, uh, ah, you can't do that. You have to compete. Uh, Don't know uh, yet for sure uh, what's going to happen this season, but probably MLS will be in it. Miles Robinson is headed to Cincy. Uh, Could have gone to Europe, but he is going with MLS free agency, and he goes to Cincinnati. Uh, From... As he goes into Cincinnati, we have Brandon Vasquez going out of Cincinnati. He's going to Liga MX, wanted to go to Europe. That's not happening. We got some news for LAFC. They have signed Hugo Lloris, my former keeper from Tottenham Hotspur, has been signed. And uh, another news from them. Coming out recently is Dennis Buwaga has said he wants to leave LAFC and go back to Europe. Uh, unclear uh, if we will see him in the league again or if he will move out. Colorado Rapids, surpri- very surprisingly, have been making moves with Zach Steffen and uh, Jordi Mihailovic uh, going to Colorado. Uh, we found out... Uh, that uh, Luis Suarez will not be going to Seattle. He will be going to Miami to join Messi. 
Uh, we have some coaching news. Dean Smith has become the coach of Charlotte. Uh, MLS Next Pro coach Laurent Courtois, uh, who was the coach, the MLS Next Pro coach of the year in 2022. And uh, Montreal uh, came in second place in MLS Next Pro in 2023. He is now the coach of Montreal. And then coming out just today, Julian Gressel continues to move around the league. He is going to uh, uh, enter Miami as well. Uh, so uh, let's start uh, with you, Matt. Which one of these storylines uh, that I pulled out from the offseason is... Uh, what do you want to start with, Matt? Which one do you think is the biggest news? Well, I think that the biggest storyline out of all of this, because it pairs uh, MLS superstar talent with USMNT superstar talent, uh, at least up and coming talent, is Brandon Vasquez to uh, Liga Mekis. Um, he has been a talented striker his entire time in MLS, drafted by Nashville FC and then immediately traded to Cincinnati. Um, and he just played so well for them. He was a weapon that the USMNT don't really have, the prototypical target man, strong, tall, big finisher. Um, and with Cincinnati, obviously, he had an incredible amount of success. Uh, Supporter Shield this year, um, he was part of one of the most dramatic uh, rebuilds in MLS history from one of the worst U.S. sports teams ever in Cincinnati. Um, to uh, obviously supporter shield winners, probably the best team in the league. Um, variance means that the best team in the league doesn't always win it, but this last season they were awesome. And he goes, uh, and what is probably a disappointing move for USMNT fans just to league Mackies because a lot of people, a lot of people thought he'd be headed to Europe. Some people thought he'd be headed to England um, for a uh, just because his skill set slots so well into a into a strong team. He doesn't need to be a creator if he can be a finisher. And so it seems like his his ceiling was as high as anyone's could be at his age. And so the move is uh, a little disappointing. And I don't think I'm alone in that opinion. Yeah, I agree. I was I really wanted Brendan Vasquez to go to Europe. Um, it is really sad. He's ending up in Niga MX. Um Obviously, I think, I mean, I think towards the end of this year, um, had a little bit of a down year. I don't think that really had that much of an effect. But, um, yeah, uh, especially with how MOS, it feels, has overtaken Liga MX in a lot of ways, uh, him going there, um, I think, is uh, is sad. Um, Ethan, uh, any thoughts on Brendan Vasquez or... Uh, what stands out to you uh, some, from other headlines? Yeah, it's un, it's a, it is a little bit unfortunate about Brandon Vasquez. I think we all see his quality, and we knew that he could go on to Europe and and probably be at least semi successful at a team in Europe, even if it was uh, like a Tati Castellanos move where he was rumored with some Premier League clubs, but he ended up going to Girona first or Girona uh, in 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 uh, in La Liga in Spain and it was kind of a it was kind of a little stepping stone into Europe first and now he's out in, in Lazio in 
in the CDA, and I'll stop. I'll stop doing accents that I can't do, and uh, just right now. Um, but yeah, and so Liga MX, it it does feel a little bit like a lateral move for Brandon Vasquez, and it's not really what we expected. Another thing I'd like to touch on from the headlines that you mentioned is Luis Suarez going to Miami, and really, I just like to say that he was never going to Seattle. I feel like we were talking about this for uh, definitely a couple months, at least. Definitely before Messi got to Miami, he was never ever going to Seattle. I don't. He hasn't even heard of Seattle. That is not true. He there has been cited history that uh, he he was he was a part of helping uh, bring Ladero to Seattle as. Uh, because, uh, I mean, the reason why this made sense is because Ladero and Luis Suarez are close friends. And when Ladero was on the phone with Garth Lagerway, uh in 2016, there was one time where he was frustrated, um, struggling to communicate with uh, Garth Lagerway. Um, so he handed the phone to Luis Suarez, who translated... Uh, 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 like, um, Spanish for him. Uh, so there is definitely a connection there, and I'm very sad that's not happening. Would have been so fun to have him with the Sounders. Um, do you, do you guys, how, how big of an impact do you think he's going to have with Inter Miami? Do you think he's going to be a game changer, and will he win Golden Boot? Luis Suarez is an immense talent, and and I want to preface everything I say with that. He had an outstanding career, one of the best nines of all time in his prime, but that is a prime he is far removed from. He is a significant knee injury removed from. He will not play significant minutes this season, in my opinion. He will not come close to the golden boot, um, and he's the third biggest move for this Miami team this offseason. Um, Gressel in and Kamal Miller out are two bigger moves in terms of impacting total wins and um, regular season play than Luis Suarez. Luis Suarez playing in the playoffs might provide a higher ceiling and might change the total um, max output this team has um, when it comes to those cup finals. But in terms of like regular season win totals, Gressel and Kamal Miller are bigger moves for this team. Um, you don't see him having an impact like Zlatan. I mean, Zlatan comes into the galaxy. We thought he was going to have uh, same thing, like aging star. Um, but he comes in and uh, immediate impact. And when he's on, when he was on the field, like I mean, twenty eighteen, the only thing that the galaxy had was Zlatan. He was the, or I guess it was also 2019. 2019 specifically was the year, his second year. Like, he was the only good thing going for them. And Inter-Miami has more good things going for them. But uh, I do think his his quality will be somewhat of the same to Zlatan. I can't see that happening at all, to be honest. Zlatan did not have the physical issues that Suarez has that Matt mentioned he's been struggling with injury and he's he's just not been the same man 
And uh, I'll I'll admit it. I'm a little biased. I was never a big fan of Suarez in his prime. Uh, I have something against biting, I guess. I was never really into the biting of it all. Um, so I'm, I'm not excited to see him come into the league, but mostly just because I think he'll annoy me. But I, I, I do think uh, Matt is correct in that he probably won't see that much of the field unless he's been magically healed. Who do you think is the most likely to get bitten in the MOS? If someone's going to get bitten, we know that Chiellini, Chiellini yeah, has Chiellini's retired. Right no, he, oh, he retired. He so oh, that won't that. happen. Yeah, he retired after MOS Cup. Mm. Matt, who who you who would you say is most likely to get bitten? Uh, my answer leads into a topic we're going to do later, but so I'll just throw the name out yeah. now and not yeah. dive into it. But it's yeah. Dax McCarty. <laughs> Dax McCarty would be in would be Dax uh, McCarty or Walker one. Zimmerman. I think. I don't think Walker yeah. could do anything to deserve that. Uh, Dax, well, Dax nobody has a little... deserved being bitten yeah. by Suarez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. But, I, I, but deserved I think in, in the frame of it. mind of Suarez's Suarez's perspective. Kiellini is a, a whiny, is a whiny baby. Like, oh my I'm god! Okay but Suarez him. is like Nagby. I can 10. see. I'll be okay. If, I'll be okay if Nagby gets that. Oh, gets I won't bitten. be okay if anyone gets bitten. I don't want that to happen. <laughs> yeah, no, no okay. biting, Luis. No I mean, okay. He gets. He gets Bit, I mean, if he bites someone, he gets suspended for. Do you think he would get suspended for longer than four months, like last time? Because what do you get? If, last if he time bites he did somebody, that, he's retiring. <laughs> that would be the end of his career. It would be. Uh, th- yeah. Honestly, now I'm just I'm picturing MLS. Suarez, thirty, forty years from now, and like an old folks home. I don't know how old he is actually. Yeah. With Many that, years from now, he's in an old folks home. And he's just gnawing on anybody he gets the chance at. Well, he uh, can like, like take out. He takes out his teeth at that point. Yeah, and, and he just, just places on people. them. He does. He doesn't have to be close to them. Yeah, uh, he's like, "Help me get to the bed," yeah. and then they come to pick him up, and then he just bites yeah. them. I want to touch on the LAFC uh, news because both of these I think are big. Um, first, the signing of Hugo Lloris. Hugo Lloris, he's not playing for Tottenham right now. He's just been riding the bench. So it makes sense he's leaving. Makes sense he would come to MOS. Uh, uh, obviously, we've seen what Berkey is doing. Um, but going to LAFC and LAFC saying yes to this makes no sense to me. Um, I mean, he is a name. He'll sell tickets. Um, but I feel like he has to start. And LFC has Maxime Kripo, who's a very good goalkeeper. So it feels like he is not someone who's going to sit on the bench. It feels like he has got to be on the way out. Now, it seems like there should be ton- there are tons of MOS teams who I think should be going after him. Uh, first off, I would say NYCFC in that. Uh, but uh, what guys, any thoughts on where you... and Any guesses on where... Uh, Crepeau will end up or how Hugo Lloris could end up doing for LAFC? I think Lloris will be awesome. Um, I think he'll add a couple wins, as many wins as a goalkeeper can add. Um, He'll have short of but close to the Roman Berkey effect 
on St. Louis, um, although obviously the situations are so different. LAFC uh, defined powerhouse in the league and St. Louis just coming into the league. Um, but yeah, I think I think Loris uh, just adds to an already great team. Um, uh, not as much as this other move that we can get into in a second will detract from them, but um, but yeah, Loris is awesome. Crepo will start somewhere because he has to. If he's a backup, um, you know that's doing him a disservice. Uh, so this is an exciting move for LAFC, and it's sort of that LA appeal. Uh, if you come to the MLS, why not come to New York or LA? I would love it if NYCFC went after Crapo. I I doubt it's going to happen. We just signed our goalkeeper Matt Freeze to a contract extension, and I, I I've kind of taken that as a as as a nod that he's going to be our number one going into this season but crapo is much better and i would i would be very happy if we went out and got anyone but in this case uh, specifically crapo would, would be a great addition to the team um the other lafc news is about dennis buwanga now dennis buwanga has one more year on his contract so lafc doesn't have to to uh they don't have to trade him um it seems like with him coming out and saying he wants to go back to europe um he's basically saying uh that uh he's basically saying uh that uh he wants more money um and i guess it's fair that he can say he wants that he should get more money he he was mos mvp last year um uh, but, uh, I mean, like, again, he's only been here, uh, for two years. Um, and LAFC has, um, they have been very okay with moving on from players, um, that they've had for short periods of time. Um, and they, and also big stars, they'll let them go. We saw it with Walker Zimmerman, uh, early on. Um, do you guys think they keep him around? Do you think, uh, it's worth that? At this point, if you're an LAFC fan, like I would not be, I'm not happy with him. I hate, I hate when players do stuff like this. I believe his request has less to do with money and more to do with his desire to play in a more competitive league, specifically in France, um, where he's from. I think uh, the L'Equipe, or however you say that um, article, um, it, that referenced some other. Uh, new source that was covering the situation uh, in France was talking about his desire to play in France. And so I think, I mean, it's tough to see him sticking around because he so directly said that he wanted to leave and he named a specific destination. Uh, and he's at the talent level where those teams are going to go out and try and bring him in. And LAFC would be doing a disservice to him to keep him. And you're not going to get the same level of player because he doesn't want to be there. So uh, this is brought, they're probably going to move him, and it's probably going to be a huge loss as big of a loss as a team in MLS could have besides uh, enter Miami and Messi. This is probably the second biggest player you could lose um, because he is just dangerous, deadly. Uh, he makes MLS defenders look silly on a night to night basis. Um, there's no one better than Buanga uh, running into space. And there's very few players with Buanga. Uh, on the ball attacking a defender. So 
I mean, we'll see, but this is not a good sign for LAFC. If they move him, they'll probably fill the DP spot with someone awesome as well because that's what they do. But, um, the, yeah, I, I don't see him sticking around, and if he sticks around, you're not getting the same player. So we'll see. Ethan, any thoughts on uh, how they would do uh, without him? Like Matt said, they, they'd be losing a gargantuan. It's we, we all watched that MLS Cup. He was he was their only offense in that game. He was the only thing that they had going for that team uh, on offense that game. If they lose him, it would it'd be monumental. But I I think worse than not having Buanga is having a Buanga that doesn't want to play for your team. You never want to have a player on your team that just straight up does not want to play for your team. It won't go well. It's never, it's never, it's not good for the locker room. It's not good on the pitch. You just don't want that kind of vibe in in and around the club. So I think he should totally go back to France if he gets the chance. Uh, it's a loss for the league, but it's it's really a loss for LAFC. But also, like Matt said, they'll probably find someone just as good to fill that DP spot because they're a big destination in the league right now, and I think a bunch of players would be happy to join. Uh, let's talk about the Colorado Rapids, who have signed Zach Steffen and uh, Jordy Mihanovic. Uh Matt, what are your thoughts on Zach Steffen coming back to MLS after, um, I would say, a disappointing time in, in Europe? No doubt a disappointing time. Um, I mean, obviously, at one point, it was Zach Steffen versus Matt Turner. That debate has been settled um, with you know, a feeling of finality. Honestly, I can't imagine a world where Zach Steffen throws his name back into the hat, uh, barring serious injury. Um, so it's disappointing for Zach Steffen. Um, it's not really disappointing for the USMNT um, because of how awesome Matt Turner's been. But um, I mean, for Colorado, this is a big deal. Colorado makes, I mean, two huge moves. This, the second biggest, uh, or the not as big as the other one um to i mean improve their team which they had to do they weren't selling tickets they weren't selling jerseys they weren't winning games colorado has been um the pristine example of how to not run an mls franchise an mls team over the past couple of years um and so uh, these two moves are really encouraging and zach steven can hopefully find some form and find some playing time and get back to a version of um, his old self that got him moved to Europe um, in, in Colorado where he'll be, I mean, they, they look better, but they, he will see a lot of shots this season. No doubt about it. Yeah. Colorado finished uh, last in the Western conference last year. And they, I mean, uh, just like two years ago, they finished, uh, they finished second and then on, I still feel like they moved on from Robin Frazier um, way too quickly because um, with the amount of resources that he's given and like power he has, like he was doing a really good job with them. Um, obviously, he won Coach of the Year that season, um, but yeah, it it's it's interesting. It it is also funny to see Zach Steffen kind of follow in Tim Howard's footsteps. Um, it's it's also tough like it, i'm also thinking about like 
Uh, I don't know if I would say Zach Steffen made the wrong decision also to go to Europe when he did. I think I think it was the right decision to go to Europe. And, like, his career started out good. Like, he was very successful when he first went out on loan and played in Germany. Like, he was playing really well there. Um, and then, like, yeah, he just never... Goalkeepers have to be playing. He just wasn't playing when he was at Manchester City, and then his form was bad. He had the, uh, he had a time in Manchester City which he would just want to forget. I mean, the FA Cup game is always going to haunt him. Uh, Ethan, any thoughts on Colorado or Zach Seven? Yeah, maybe Colorado should look to uh, maybe maybe Russell Wilson is interested in joining the team because it seems like he might be on the outs uh, with the Denver Broncos and. We know he plays baseball too, so maybe uh, maybe he's got some soccer skills as Triple well that we athlete. don't know about. Yeah, um, that would be yeah. Fun. You know, <laughs> Stefan. <laughs> Steph- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stefan's a good pickup for sure. It's I perhaps not as as monumental as as getting Mihailovich might be because Mihailovich is really talented offensively, and that's. That's always great. There's no shortage of of solid MLS keepers in the MLS. Um, I I yeah. am a little annoyed with the news um, when there's somebody in the city football group that is pretty good, and then goes to another MLS team as opposed to the MLS team that's also in the city football group. It's kind of like, what the f, city football group? You know, like why? I I would have been I would have been thrilled if NYCFC had announced that that we'd received Zach Steffen because his 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 time in Europe did not pan out to what he hoped it would be and he's he's only 28 he's still that's very young for a goalkeeper Buffon played well into his 40s um, not to say Steffen's as good as Buffon was at 28 but still pretty young for for a keeper and he might still find his way back to Europe someday. Uh, but for now, I would have loved it if City Football Group could have thrown us a little bone and and given us a, a keeper of the likes of Zach Steffen, who is probably going to tear it up in the MLS. Like Matt said, he will be facing a lot of shots because it is still uh, the Colorado Rapids. But I think he'll probably be stopping most of those shots. Yeah. Um I mean, he already proved himself to be one of the best goalkeepers in the league. Um, So, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Um, uh, Let's also circle back to uh, the, I mean, it got national headlines um, in like uh, some of the sports center and ESPN people who never talk about soccer were talking about uh, uh, when MLS uh, tried to, uh, get out of the U.S. Open Cup and U.S. soccer um, decided to hold firm and uh, to, because the rules dictate that uh, uh, you have to participate in domestic competitions. So uh, MLS clubs uh, will not be able to send MLS Next Pro. Um, now... This really, really pissed me off when MLS uh, tried to do this um, uh, because uh, MLS citing like uh, they don't like 
Um, the resources, they're saying they know what the resources were already playing uh, too many games. The too many games thing really annoys me because they want to have League's Cup. And the U.S. Open Cup is just so much more entertaining than League's Cup. It's not even funny. And especially, I think that's going to continue to be true with League's Cup, um, especially this year. League's Cup last year was exciting because it was Messi's first tournament. It was his first showcase. This year, we've already seen it. It's going to be the exact same thing as last year, um, pretty much, except the excitement with Messi isn't going to be there. So uh, I don't think it's going to be exciting. And then, again, like it's just adding more games to the schedule when the U.S. Open Cup is already giving uh, these like fun Cinderella stories. Um, so to MOS saying, like, MOS is doing this because they don't want their league to look bad and have USL beat them, um, which is just so, so small by MOS to then be like, yeah, we're going to send our next pro teams, and no one cares of it. No one watches MOS next pro. I know you can watch those on Apple Season Plus, but no one does. Uh, so, uh, and again, like, if a team, if an MOS team chooses to play their reserve team, they are allowed to do that. But it is just like... Anytime any team is allowed to, any coach is allowed to play the players they want to play. And that is how, that is how it should always be. The coaches get to make the decision on who's playing and they have to figure out who uh, they have to figure out who's healthy when who someone is healthy. It shouldn't be up to the league to tell the coaches uh, about when you should play your players and when not. Uh, so I'm very happy U.S. Soccer decided to stand up to MOS uh, because this is not something that U.S. Soccer has done a lot because MOS gives them a lot of money and has given them a lot of financing before. Um, so for them to say, no, you have to participate in this is huge. Um, and this is definitely uh, something that's going to like impact other storylines moving forward. Uh, Matt, what what was your take on on that news? I mean, uh, domestic cup, single elimination. Um, everybody plays everybody from top league to lowest league you can fit in. Is at the heart of every great soccer country in the world. I like this. The U.S. Open Cup is key for growing the sport, for building interest when these teams that. Um, like like the Sacramento or Sacramento Republic or something, those teams yeah. that go on those runs um, that that no one ever expects, and you learn these players' names who have like day jobs and stuff. Uh, like soccer at the domestic level is made for that kind of competition and that kind of Cinderella story, the March Madness element of it. I, the, trying to get out of a tournament like this to then make room in your schedule for a tournament like leagues cup, which I think is awesome, but does not have that same um, sort of like domestic small scale to grand stage kind of uh, atmosphere is it's, I don't know. It, it's not a good look from MLS and I'm very happy that they're going to have to play in it because they should have to play in it. Uh, if teams want to play their reserves, fine, whatever uh, they, they can miss out on a chance on, qualifying for the champions cup and they can miss out on a chance for a trophy. Um, that's on them. 
And by the way, Nashville included in that. They usually play their reserves. They got knocked out to Miami when Miami were still bad because it was their A team versus our B team. Like, uh, this tournament's awesome. I hope it stays. I hope MLS teams take it more seriously, even though they're clearly indicating that they're leaning towards taking it less seriously. And again, this it gives you an uh, it gives you a Concacaf Cup uh, spot. Like, like this is the easiest way to qualify for the Concacaf Cup and to get into the club and to get into the Club World Cup. All you have to win if you're an MLS team, you only have to win six games, maybe maybe eight, maybe seven, um, and you got the spot. Um, this is way more of an actual trophy than, say, like the Campeones Cup. Um, fortunately, a lot of this comes down to comes down to money, um, and and I think uh, the real reason MLS is doing this is because uh, they don't like that uh, they don't control the TV rights on this, and that is one thing that the U.S. Open Cup has struggled with a little bit is that. Uh, the broadcaster is always switching. Sometimes it's on. It's just like YouTube streams, um, and uh, that could be that's definitely an improvement that could help the U.S. Open Cup um, since a lot of people don't really, a lot of casual fans don't really know what it is. Um, but uh, and then there are there are other things that there are much easier fixes that you can do also like uh, that can just that help grow the game like. Every if if we have a major league soccer team playing a lower division side, every game should be at the should be hosted by the lower division side because then it gives like if it's like uh, New Mexico United or Sacramento, uh, these are or places um, like Louisville. Um, we got places that don't have MOS teams um, that get to experience a big player like Lino Messi coming to the, their town like that's awesome um and uh us like that those stadiums whenever we see a lower division hosting MOS it's always packed um which is not the case when we see a major league uh soccer team um playing a home game um usually those home games they don't even play at their normal stadiums they'll play at like a high school which is just bad um Ethan thoughts on on the U.S. Open Cup drama, it's a sham to try and and remove MLS teams from the Open Cup. I I won't say too much on it because I I, I think Matt said it perfectly, and so I'll and, and you as well, Nat. So I'll just let your words hang in the air for our for our loyal listeners to to process because I, I think you guys hit hit the head of the hit the head of the nail. Um, so. Yeah. Do you think um, uh, there's been? Do you think there's anything further that uh, U.S. Soccer should think about doing? Um, they could, uh, uh, for example, like um, some uh, Sebastian Salazar from Football Americas was saying that they could, uh, for if you if MLS continues to do it, that they could try to uh, that they could. Uh, um, take away MOS's division one tight um, um, division one um, status um, because it is in the rules that MOS has to compete in every 
uh, domestic league. Um, uh, and, I mean, they do that. Uh, US, USL is close to uh, putting in pro-rail. Um, do you think anything like that could happen? Um, or do you think at U.S. soccer would do anything further than this? I don't think USL taking over as like a pro rel alternative is a possible option. I think the financial interest, pro rel is just not going to happen in the United States. Um, people want to protect their investments. You have to get the owners. What's the quote? You have to get the from, I think this is from the Nashville owner or the Nashville GM. It's like getting the owners to vote for their own execution or something because they invested money. Nothing that drastic will happen. U.S. soccer won't make any decisions like that. Um, but I do hope that the MLS recognizes the value of U.S. Open Cup. And I think that uh, there is a chance for fans to show extra love for the Open Cup this season when their teams play in it um, to, to motivate the MLS to, to, you know, make money off these tickets to be able to, I, I mean, I guess MLS can't acquire these TV rights, but, you know, if they weren't YouTube streams that were kind of broken, then, then things would be better. Uh, for the U.S. Open Cup, I watched a national game where you couldn't watch if the camera turned a certain degrees to the right. You the game the game would like freeze. Like the 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 way these games are broadcasted and the way fans attend these games has to improve to show the MLS and the the teams that we care about these games because I care about these games. You two care about these games. Um, fans care about these games. Um, all right, uh, that is, uh, I think we've covered everything um, from the biggest headlines of the offseason. We'll keep tracking those. Um, but now let's get into our specific team um, offseason news. Uh, let's start uh, here with uh, NYCFC. Uh, Ethan, take us through what NYCFC has been up to this offseason. All right. NYCFC have been doing nothing, really not much at all. It's, ooh, that's nice. I like the blue, uh, but they've really, they've been doing nothing this off season. And I, I will say it's, it's nothing out of the ordinary. NYCFC historically have been very slow to make moves and things like that. I, I think I saw somebody do some stats on Twitter recently that it's usually not until like mid-January that we announce a signing or something like that. Uh, but we did actually, we did announce a signing for our esports team. So for the 10 people who care about that, go check that out. Um, I mean, no disrespect. Uh, his name is Oli Arben. I hope I'm pronouncing his first name right. He's Swedish um for he's our new eafc 24 player because the game's not called fifa anymore um i will say i want to shout out chris holly who was nycfc's first esports player and i believe he is the first e champions league winner of all time for nycfc uh so he's an nycfc legend that technically was our first trophy uh, that doesn't count as a trophy it, that that counts as a trophy. I don't know. Uh, it, it, I think that counts. Let's move count past that. That doesn't count, as, count a as a trophy. Yeah, that does not count. You as guys, a count as a trophy bad. for NYCFC yeah, esports. Yeah, not for the team. No, we won. That's it's a. You can't play that for a trophy win. 
You no, damn it's not a trophy know. win. You it's know not that a trophy if the win. Seattle esports player won the first E Champions League, no, you'd be blowing no. that horn for all the no. year. No, no, not even this I would. Both no. of you would be claiming it. No. No. no, 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 no. Uh, any other news, Ethan? Yes, there's uh, there's some little tidbits. Uh, like I said earlier, Matt Free signed a contract extension. Uh, so is Kevin O'Toole, who I think is probably going to be our starting left back going in the next season. As uh, Brian Kufre, who I did like, though he lost his starting role to Kevin O'Toole towards the end of the season. Uh, he's gone back to Mallorca, where we had him on loan from. Uh, we've we've signed another homegrown player. His name's Zidane. Yanez, um, and he's very young, so he's not going to play for us anytime soon. But uh, who knows? He might be an exciting player in in, in due time. He is his name is Zidane, so uh, we might uh, we're probably going to announce our new away kit soon. And I've heard rumors that it's it's going to harken back to our first ever away kit, which was a fire kit. That was a great away kit. Was Probably that the orange one. It's the uh, it's it's black and it has some light oh, blue, a, uh, light blue and some light orange trimmings. It was the first yeah. NYCFC jersey I ever bought, um, and it's in my closet right now. And it's got many signatures on it from NYCFC players past, uh, including David good. Villa. Wow, one of the yeah. one of the only good NYCFC away kits, I would say. Uh, hmm. But uh, that's, I guess that's this is. <laughs> I guess I guess that's a this really shows uh how slow the offseason has been for NYCFC is yeah. the jersey if the jersey may be <laughs> announced soon which every team usually announces a jersey soon yeah it's uh, true it's uh, true to start the year is going to yes. be is is on that list and there there's also been some rumors i haven't seen anything about it in at least a couple months but i i know there have been uh many rumors that we might uh sign andres perea from philadelphia on a permanent deal which i would love i i, I sang his praises a lot on the show in the, in the last couple of months uh there isn't much there aren't many tactile like signs here that we're going to do it, except for the fact that I think Philly had another player out on loan that has since resumed training with Philadelphia, but Perea still has not. Um, and I think that's a promising sign that we might uh, sign him on a permanent deal. And I'd really love to. He's a great player. I think he does a lot for our team. Um, and there's another piece of, of news, actually. Uh, Alfredo Morales uh, has signed with the San Jose Earthquakes, um, and I'm a little upset to lose Alfredo Morales. He, he he didn't play much this past season, and he's had injury troubles for a while. But I think our team is is far too young, and he was one of our few uh, vets in the midfield remaining, um, and also one of our few uh, you know like MLS Cup winning players remaining. And so it's it's a little sad to lose him, especially because he he was great around the club. He he. He really liked playing for NYCFC, so um, his I, I I enjoyed his time with the club. It's unfortunate that he's that he's. I'm, I always hate it when we give our players away to other MLS teams. I'm always like, they can leave, but just don't give them to another MLS team because I feel like we very rarely make uh, in in league uh, transfers. 
And so I just I don't like it when we give our talent away to other teams that can come back to hurt us. Uh, but San Jose is probably a, a fine destination for him, and hopefully, hopefully he can help him out there. Uh, he's a great great player for NYCFC, um, and it's a bit sad to see him go. But you know, it's, that's the game. Uh, is there any position that you think uh, specifically? Uh, we talked about goalkeeper already. Um, mm-hmm that you would like to see NYCFC really go after? I mean, still, um, obviously they brought in uh, Bekrar uh, yes. last season. Um, didn't have as much of an impact um, as we would have uh, hoped or thought. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think they should bring in another forward? I would love to bring in another forward, especially one who is at least 27 years old. We really need some more experience on this team. I think that's something that was really holding us back last year was that we just had a team that was so young. And I think it it held us back in that in the mental part of the game is that we needed that experience on our side for that when we were trailing in a game, we didn't just kind of have, you know, all the players had their heads down and maybe fail to come up with that motivation. And I, and I think more experienced players can really understand that that moment and and know how to motivate a team further. Uh, and also it just comes uh, experience is better for players in that they're usually better at the game when they have more experience. And Bakrar had many, many a chance this past season that he missed. Um, and I think it's really just due to the fact that he's young and he's still figuring his game out. So I would love a striker at least many, 27 years old to come in. How many DP spots do you have, have open right now? Do you, have, do you have one open right now? Hmm. I don't think so. I don't think we do unless, unless yeah, I believe our DPs, it's Tiago Martins, Talos Magno, and Santiago Rodriguez. I'd love to get Santi off his DP contract and, and I mean, and Martins as well. Um, and because it would it would be great to get some DPs in. I like I know Antoine Griezmann has been talking about wanting to move uh, to the MLS, and I think he'd be great for NYCFC. I think uh, Paolo Dybala as well has talked about it, um, and I I'd, I'd like to have him as well. Um, so it, it would be fortunate to have a, a DP spot open, but uh, yeah, you know that's our front office. Not really, not really a, one of the betters. Yep in the league right now uh i think anton griezmann would be would fit in very well for nycfc even though he doesn't even his like best position he's not really a true goal scorer yeah at that which is sort of but it's it feels like the type of player that nycfc scores uh would sign yeah, uh, and I feel like he he yeah. could fill out a, a Mukhtarish role for us, where he's like he's a very advanced baller. midfielder. Yeah, his position um, is baller. He's awesome. Yeah. He's so yeah, he would be. <laughs> yeah, he fits the ethos of that team. That, yeah, that would be awesome. And yeah. he, look, there's been many a paparazzi photo of him, uh, you know, riding the New York subways and vacationing here. So I think he likes it here. I don't know. Maybe he's a Broadway fan. I'll I'll take him to a show or two, you know, show him, show him the show him the rounds and just take him around the city and, well, we'll become best friends and then he'll join, NYCFC. Yeah, yeah, it's all on you, Ethan. Um, I all know, right, let's yeah. 
it's tough. All it's right. a lot of pressure. All right, let's move on to uh, what the Sounders uh, have been uh, doing uh, this offseason. Let's get a green background for the Sounders. Uh, that's perfect. You got uh, little signatures more, on there? Little squiggles? Uh, uh, kind of more Sounders, uh, kind of more Timbers colors, honestly. Uh, that is kind of a Timbers now, green. Now, now that I look at it, um, <laughs> maybe 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 more like Austin. But uh, uh, So for the, the Sounders uh, offseason, uh, news has been dominated by where Ladero is ending up. He has decided not to go to Uruguay, and he is heading to Orlando. And I'm going to be honest, I can live with this. It's not in the Western Conference. It's not Miami. It's not NYCFC or Nashville. Um, I would have thrown a fit if it was either of y'all's teams. Um, so I can live with this. He's been signed well, for two years. We gave you guys Hey Bear, so the least you could have done was let us sign Ladero. Oh, no, no. I mean... I'd say that, they're pretty equal that is, in stature. That is, no, that is a big <laughs> diss. On Ladero, Ladero's done so much more than than Hey Bear ever did for you or for us. Um, uh, so uh, I mean, honestly, one of them is not my mom, a, so yeah, we'll 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 let that decide. Okay, He's really that's, the best. That I mean, that's true. That that's huge. Um, he does. Yeah. He is a mom lover. Um, uh, <laughs> He's gonna sue us uh, or something if he the, hears this. <laughs> The amount I mean, that we he, call him like he, a lover of moms on this show, we're gonna get uh, we're gonna get hey, a cease and desist he, from Abear. Nah, he won the Hunger Games. He's doing fine. The, it's true. It's true. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, but I think this is a really it's a good pickup from uh, by Orlando. Um, he's still. I mean, like for he was on the bench for the Sounders, but that's only because the rest of our team is so good. He could be starting on a lot of MLS teams. Um, so uh, I still think, I think it's a good pickup for Orlando. Um, it'd be interesting to see how he does uh, there. Uh, for other players who have left the Sounders, um, we have traded Stefan Cleveland to Austin. Um, this is solely because um Stephen Cleveland is a very good goalkeeper, and we want him to be playing in his career. Um, so uh, I'm happy with it that we let him go, especially with Stephen Fry. He's not going anywhere anytime soon. Been signed for two more years. Um, uh, so uh, and even he actually might be signed for three more years. I think his contract goes till 2026. Um, and he's, st- I mean, still being fabulous. And Stephen Cleveland wants to keep playing. Still an excellent goalkeeper. I could see him coming back, though, uh, as we, we've done that. We did that with Brian Meredith, of course, uh, bringing him back um, a couple times. Um, then for uh, some rumors uh, or for some signing news, um, the only signing that has uh, that is not super draft related that has been announced by the Sounders is we have signed John Bell from St. Louis. Uh, from the MLS pre-entry draft. Uh, John Bell, I'm expecting him to play as much as... Uh, he's going to be like our AB, AB Sissoko replacement. AB played in like three games, so he's pretty much our fourth um, 
center back on the depth chart because we still have Ariaga, though Ariaga could go to another MLS Cup since he could be starting at other teams. Um, you know, like still a national team player. Um, but that's that's some good a, a good depth player. Um, other depth news um, is we have uh, that hasn't officially been announced is that Nathan from San Jose, um, Brazilian center back. Um, we have also picked up him, and um, this makes me think that Ariaga is going to leave because we're bringing in Nathan, who I would say is about the same skill level. Um, I like this signing. Um, got I support all the Nats. Um, then uh, another signing that has been confirmed um, by Fabrizio Romano, uh, and uh, but we're still waiting for the Sounders. Um, to officially announce it is Pedro de la Vega. I honestly do not know much about him. Um, it seems like that it's his signing is similar to Leo Chu in which it's like um, he'll be a young. He counts as like a young DP. Uh, so he or and part of the U twenty two initiative. So. Um, because of this, like, uh, he's cheaper, but, uh, and his deal is going to be, uh, uh, through 2027. So he's going to be here for a while and he's been having a good season, um, in South America. Sounders very good at finding players in South America. So I'm excited to see how this guy does. Um, I would expect this. He's pretty much going to, uh, push, uh, Leo Chu out of the lineup at the moment. Um, as he is a winger um, uh, uh, attacker, um, uh, it probably won't be not not really a forward. As this will mean that Morris will start in that striker role. Um, and uh, then uh, finally, uh, Alex Rodon has gotten married. Congratulations to him. He's also signed a contract uh, extension for the next three years. Ozzy Alonso has retired um, after playing with Atlanta. Would have preferred that he that he signed a one-day contract with the Sounders and retired with Sounder. Um, I think there's a pretty good chance that Alonso could become a coach for the Sounders. Um, I can see that happen. And then finally, uh, two Sounders. The only one of our teams who has more... Uh, uh, the Sounders have the most players called into January camp, even though this window really means nothing. None of these team, none of these players um, are first team players. Almost, uh, I mean, it's just a time to like try to break in. But uh, I'm very happy for Jackson Reagan and Joss Atencio, who are both very, very good for us. And they deserve to be here, um, though. Um, uh, little little upset with Jackson Reagan these days because he did go to Michigan and uh, I wanted UW to win yesterday. So, um, but uh, happy that he got caught in. Um, any anything stand out for for any of y'all in the Sounders uh, off season so far? Um, also, the Sounders. Uh, I'm expecting a a brand new a brand new kit uh, with our because our green. Our rave green ha color has changed a little bit. Uh, so the kit um, is going to be a little different uh, than years past. And uh, I'm waiting to see if I will get one of those kits.
but anything stand out to y'all? I think you might be underselling um, the significance of the, is it De La Vega? Yeah, from, De La Vega. Yeah, I, I think he's going to be awesome. Um, just like go look up his highlights. He's he's He dribbles the ball so well. So many times the ball came to, um, and Matt Doyle did a off-season profile for each club. Um, and his of the Sounders just raves about this guy and how Leo Chu so many times would fail to serve the ball in and fail to complete an attack that was so expertly orchestrated through the midfield. Um, and hey, we know and how I just, felt about Matt, Leo Chu. It would just die on his foot. Uh, and so replacing what is probably this team's biggest weakness, biggest shortcoming with a super talented young player, um, I, it's really exciting, and if I was a Sounders fan, I'd be excited about it. So, just just highlighting that yeah. signing. Yeah, any day now should be announced. Ethan, anything you want to uh, add about the Sounders or any any surprises? Not much. I mean, I I'm looking forward to the new jersey. It's going to be their first with their new logo, which I still think is an incredibly disappointing logo. The old logo was so great. It was it was a great logo, and the new one's just not. It's just not the same. It doesn't have yeah. the same vibe to it at all. Yep. Um, all right, let's move on to Nashville uh, with that. Um, and uh, Matt, uh, take us through uh, the Nashville offseason. Sure thing. Um, so. The first move I'll talk about is that we left uh, Fafa Pico go. Um, the reason for this, he's kind of a redundant player since we have Schaffelberg in the lineup and he's older than Schaffelberg. Um, he's on a more expensive contract than Schaffelberg. And while I think Fafa was awesome and he contributed a lot, um, his need versus his cost and considering his age, uh, it wasn't really worth it. So this move isn't something that I hate. As much as I'd like him to be on my roster, I don't hate it from a roster building standpoint, letting him go. Um, his direct replacement is McKenzie Gaines from Charlotte, who's sort of that same speedster um, who, you know, contributed. I think he had one goal. Um, he's okay. But the bigger replacement is Tyler Boyd from LA Galaxy. Uh, Tyler Boyd cost two international slots and some GAM. Um, he's not a direct Fafa replacement. He's a stylistic change. So where Fafa and McKenzie Gaines can get in behind, Tyler Boyd, Boyd um, was 84th percentile in chance creation for wingers last year in the MLS on a bad LA Galaxy team. Um he was 81% passing accurate uh, with four assists, seven goals. Um, he had 37 crosses, 453 forward passes, and 42 successful dribbles with dribbles with only 62 turnovers, um, playing in most games and starting in uh, most games also. So he's an awesome pickup. Uh, he's the kind of player we need uh, who pairs perfectly with Schaffelberg on the other side and Hani Mukhtar underneath a target man, the, the English, uh, English, English, Sam Surridge. Um, 
it, we're sort of building uh, an elite group who can serve balls into him and maximize his potential. Um, and so I'm really excited about Tyler Boyd. I'm happy McKenzie Gaines is on the bench. I'm sad to see Fafa go, but I get it. Um, and Schaffelberg, I think, will get a lot of minutes this season, and I think it'll be a lot of fun to watch him uh, thrive with the more minutes he's given. Uh, the other move, obviously, all three of those moves are sort of in like a tandem, and these two moves are also in a tandem. Uh, Dax McCarty is out. Dax McCarty was at the center of this Nashville team from the time they came into MLS. Uh, he's awesome. Uh, there was some stat that we didn't win a game where he wasn't in the lineup after a certain date, and it was like a large portion of the season. And granted, he was in most of the lineups, but you know, if he wasn't, we weren't winning. He he just adds so much from a passing perspective, from a defensive perspective, and from a game awareness perspective. Like he just he just knew when to commit a foul, exactly the amount of contact he could do to get a yellow or to avoid a yellow. Um, he knew when we needed to press, when a ball needed to be played over the top, when we could possess. He would slow down the game, speed it up. He was awesome. Uh, Dax is great. Uh, he's the exact type of player that Atlanta needs. It sucks to see him go to Atlanta, but uh, he'll help them a lot because they're sort of a team that's so streaky that they need someone who can come in and regulate the midfield. Uh, with that said, though, he was obviously older. He couldn't play 90 minutes right around like the 50-minute mark. His defensive production fell off a cliff. Uh, he couldn't move around. Um, so I get it. He he. I get seeing him go. It sucks to see him go, though, because he was so awesome for us. Um, and our replacement for him is a little underwhelming, actually. Uh, we get Drew Yearwood from New York Red Bulls. Uh, he's obviously a lot younger. Uh, he was brought in as a young DP, and for us, he'll be a U22 player. Um like a U22 initiative player, um, but he was 66.8% passing accurate, uh, which is a pretty bad stat for a defensive midfielder, but um, it was on 142 accurate forward passes and 13 successful dribbles to 20 turnovers. Um, defensively, 47.1% dual percentage with 17 interceptions and 16 fouls. I think like 20 tackles also. So he's sort of like this middling midfielder who's young and has room to grow. And I said in the offseason that our team, opposite to NYCFC's problem, we had to get younger in the midfield. This does that. It just, I don't know if this is going to be the same player for 45 minutes that Dax was. I bet minutes 50 to 90, he'll be great compared to Dax. But uh, Dax just did so much uh, when he could um play either the last 30 minutes or the first 50 minutes of a game um so yeah those those are well there's a i'll mention a couple more but i won't go into these um nashville we promote sipich from um the academy he's our first ever academy signing he's a striker he won't play very much um in the mls draft we got wyatt meyer and kevin carmichael the two center backs from uc berkeley uh, and Bryce Banu, I think from Notre Dame or something. Um, and then after the draft, we immediately signed Foster uh, Hago, Ajago. Um, so none of those players will probably play for Nashville uh, any significant minutes, but they're on the team. Um, and yeah, that's that's it for Nashville. We've got a... Uh, do we want to go into the Champions Cup matchup? Yeah. Um. So yeah. 
Yeah, uh, Nashville's next game, uh, I think, is against uh, Mocha, um, the team, not the chocolate. Um, and it's uh, where are they from again? Uh, they're from uh, Dominican Republic. Yeah, so they're from the Dominican Republic. Um, Nashville should win this game. It'd be disappointing to not. I think... Um, uh, hopefully they put out an A team. The, this is our first time in the competition, and we want to leave a strong impression. Uh, if we progress, we'd immediately face Miami. If we beat, we're probably Miami. No, definitely Miami because um, they get a bye. And if we beat them, then we would yeah. probably play either Cincinnati or Monterey. Uh, was Monterey the destination for um, Brandon Vasquez? Uh, I believe so. I believe that is correct um note about mocha fc i believe the i mean they used to play in the the dominican league that i believe doesn't exist anymore um which is which is funny um yeah they should nashville really should beat them um but this is also uh, nashville is very much on the harder side of the bracket um here uh, when you look on the the concaf cup um i will be rooting against all mls clubs strongly in this um i don't i want there to be um i want the sounders again to be the first sound uh team to win the club world cup or win a club world cup game so i will be rooting against any mls team uh, but it's it's it, i'm excited for this tournament it's gonna be fun uh, February twenty second, when that game uh, is when that first one happens. Um, for other Nashville news, um, I find that Tyler Boyd signing. Uh, I think that's a really good pickup for Nashville. Um, I think Tyler Boyd is similar, um, a similar depth player to say Will Bruin, um, uh, a couple years ago at least, or when the Sounders picked him up, um, originally. Um, I think he's really good. Um didn't play as much as I thought he should have played. I mean, he had a very good goals per 90 um, uh, when he was on the field, but just uh, per time on the field was really good. So I think that's a really good pickup. Um, I'm sad that Dax has left, um, especially to Atlanta. It very much feels like an Orlando, like a Osvaldo Alonso move in that um, I would have, uh, I would have. I wish he just stayed there, um, and I'm interested to see how much playing time he even gets with Atlanta. Um, Ethan, any thoughts? I have thoughts on um, on Drew Yearwood because he very famously one of his completed passes uh, was to the face of a New York Red Bulls fan when he booted the ball in anger into the crowd <laughs> and smashed a Red Bulls fan in the face with it. And uh, probably the, be- gonna, the best. You're gonna applaud him for that? No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm actually. The, I think the the best it's thing about Bulls that. Fan. The best thing about that, and probably the best thing a Red Bulls fan has ever done, is that after after Drew Yard was, was was promptly sent off after that happened for for good reason, and he Aww. tried to go into the crowd and like apologize to the <laughs> to the player that he hit, but like. 
a friend of the players or something was like, no, man, no. And he was like waving him off so that he couldn't apologize. <laughs> so, so, so as far as we know, um, as far as we know, off in real time. You know, we've never done an interview on here before, but maybe we should try to interview that fan and get their experience uh, on what happened there. Uh, do you think they would? Do you think they would go from that? We're pretty harsh on Red Bulls fan on on um, on Red Bulls. They don't have to um, know. Yeah. They don't have to know that. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, we're harsh on them, but then also, you know, like seven uh, zero. So like that, like it, like it balances it out. Uh, anything it's Christmas. Else now? It's Christmas. Don't do that. Uh, it's actually not Christmas. Uh, it's it is January, January 9th, 9th right now. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, we're even past the twelve days of Christmas. Uh, uh, so uh, yeah, seven zero seven zero seven zero. Um, anything else? Uh, do you have any predictions on on where you see Nashville going in the in the champions in the CONCACAF Champions Cup? Um, Ethan. Well, they're gonna go to they're gonna go to the DR to play a uh, Mocha. Um, hold for laughs. Okay. What's the, um, what's the I joke? Muted, otherwise, I would have been laughing. But... <laughs> <laughs> you you asked they... where they were going, and I said to DR yeah. um, to play uh, to play Mocha. Um, yeah, I, mean, I, mean, I think they'll probably be Mocha. Get... We're gonna get I mean, a Nashville versus Miami rematch, most likely. Do you yeah. do you think Nashville can get past Miami this time? They probably could. They should have done it the first time, and I believe they did it after the League's Cup final. I, I could be misremembering that, um, unless that game was also a draw, where they played a couple weeks after the League's Cup final. Yeah, I think uh, it was, was a draw. Miami, I think and and Messi right. played. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Nashville um, over ninety over one hundred eighty minutes held a Messi Miami to one goal. I remember that and, and a also, great goal from Messi. Yeah, I mean a yeah, goal you yeah. really can't. You know, you cannot well, prevent also, that thing from happening. Also, Nashville in that game, in the second game, they didn't play a lot of their stars. If I'm remembering, yeah, that yeah, too. We said Hani or something. Yeah, I, they yeah, did I rest. You, I think. I think Honey maybe came in off the bench or something just because he had been playing a lot. It was two impressive results anyway, from Nashville yeah. against Miami. So yeah. that's yeah. all. I, I, we get to I hang hope, the banner. <laughs> I hope Played they well eliminate. And, then, and again, that would be that will be two games. That will be two games. So probably the first one will be in Nashville in that case. Um, so it will be a um, – Definitely becoming somewhat of a rivalry. Um, all right. Um, that's it for club news. Uh, right. Pretty much way earlier. I, I mean, just, I mean, the MOS offseason is so short. Um, and uh, like this just completely struck, at, uh, uh, struck me by surprise as it was announced before Christmas. Uh uh, we had uh, the 2024 MLS schedules um, announced. Uh, the MLS schedule is pretty much the same as last. I mean, it is the same as last year. 
Um, no new teams uh, this year, no expansion teams. So 29 teams in the Eastern Conference. Every team will play uh, in the Eastern Conference. Every team plays against uh, everyone in their conference uh, uh, twice. And then they play one game against six teams from the Western Conference. And then the Western Conference, uh, you play everyone in the Western Conference at least twice uh, for, uh, for one or two opponents, you play, uh, a third game, uh, and then you play, uh, depending on how that goes, it's either six or seven, uh, games against the Eastern Conference. Uh, Sounders have six. We will play, uh, Vancouver and Portland three times, um, Again, just like we did this past year. Um, again, with this super unbalanced schedule, uh, the uh, Supporter Shield remains in a really, a really stupid uh, trophy as how do you award just one trophy, one Supporter Shield when it's so unbalanced like this. They should just give out two Supporter Shields. Um, if this is how the schedule is going to start, um, the schedule also, uh, the first game of the season will be uh, Miami versus RSL. Uh, we will also have LAFC versus LA Galaxy at the Rose Bowl again on July 4th. Uh, MLS Cup is on December 7th. Um, and that means that, ML that the MLS playoffs will be the same as this year and they will have a stupid two-week break Killing all momentum again. Um, Matt, thoughts on the Nashville schedule? Uh, are you happy with how it has turned out for you? Um, you do, obviously, Nashville will get to play LAFC, so you get a chance to see uh, uh, LAFC uh, Stadium and your boys in LA. Um, but thoughts, thoughts on Nashville schedule, what stands out to you? Uh, nothing in particular stands out. Um, it's just, yeah, it's, it's the same schedule every year. It's too many games since we play in the CONCAP Champions Cup. Um, you are know, you at all, are you at all worried that you, that Nashville will, uh, struggle like we saw the Sounders in Philadelphia struggle in which, uh, af like, uh, we struggle to, uh, stay high in the MOS standings because of playing games. Do you think that will happen? No, I don't think so. Well, maybe a little bit. I, I think that Nashville's defense is so solid and their depth, specifically at center back, will allow them to hold teams to like very few goals, even if they're playing um, with what is basically a B team. I think their struggle will be winning games um, and scoring goals, which it always is. So... Uh, with the variance of offense and soccer, I think it'll really depend on how the players are scoring. Um, and I think, honestly, when it comes to offense, it's less about rest and more about form. So I don't think the CCC will have any much to do with it other than an opportunity for Nashville to play in some games that, you know, have a great atmosphere and, and are good. So I think Nashville specifically is well-equipped to handle um extra games 
looking at the Nashville schedule, I think there's a pretty clear toughest part of the schedule for Nashville. It comes uh, in March in the beginning of April. Uh, starting with that LAFC game on the 23rd of March, uh, you go play at LAFC. Then on the 30th, you host Columbus. Then on the 6th, you host Philadelphia. And then on the 20th, you have to go to Miami. And then at that time, you're probably going to be having some CCL games in that stretch. So I think that's going to be a really, really tough stretch uh, for Nashville. Um, uh, Nashville also opens the season against uh, the Red Bulls. And then uh, Decision Day, uh, you'll be in Chicago. Uh, of course, the week before that uh, will be the NYCFC versus Nashville game. Um, yeah, that will be one of the locations, uh, will either be at City Park or Yankee Stadium, depending on how the Yankees do. Um, uh, Ethan, any thoughts on, on Nashville's, uh, schedule, um, congestion this year or, or that stretch I mentioned? It'll be tough. It's really tough to, to manage probably three tournaments in a season and it's not something Nashville have really had to do before. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle it for sure. All right. Let's look at, uh, let's look at NYCFC's schedule. Um, Y'all start against Charlotte at Charlotte. We know how Ethan feels about Charlotte. Um, Dude, Charlotte fans suck. I'm sorry, but I, I, I don't like Charlotte fans at all. Uh, they would on uh, March 30th. They we will have the rematch of uh, uh, the Noche of the Noche <laughs> game. Of, what, I, I think it was called the Noche Door. Dior. Was it just called Noche Door? I think um, that's so. on March 30th. Um, other uh, on on May 18th, we got NYCFC versus the Red Bulls. Should be a good one. Might be I might be in New York for that game. Um, mm. We got um, and uh, then ending the season um, at Montreal, um, so that's gonna be a good one, um, I would say. Uh, Ethan, anything stand out for to you? Thoughts on the schedule? Yeah. Um, or also, uh, so September twenty first is when NYCFC will host Miami and Messi. Yeah, it'd be really cool to see Messi. I'd I'd be very lucky to to get to go to that game. Uh, two things right off the bat, uh, or at least, or just one thing right off the bat. Don't like uh, that our decision day is away from home. That that always just kind of bothers me. Our last home game of the season is against Nashville. Um, uh, right now, I'm I'm looking at the schedule though. I think the part of the schedule that I'm most looking forward to is the month of April. We've got four games in a row at home. Uh, and even though like Atlanta, New England, DC, Charlotte, not necessarily the easiest of opponents, but I think it's always a little easier at home and especially to have such a long stretch at home like that, where you can really create a rhythm uh, with your fans, especially, and, and sort of go forward like that, I think is really important. And then I think our hardest month is right after in May, where we've got a lot of games in quick succession. So I think we're going to be pretty tired. Uh, especially because we're traveling as well. We've got to go to Toronto, then Philly. 
Um, and then we're back home against uh, Red Bulls only three days after our game against Philadelphia, which which will be a little tough. And then we're back on the road to New England. And so I think I think the travel and just the amount of games all in, in one month is going to be pretty tough. Stamina wise and motivation wise, I, I, I just I'm, I'm a little I'm, I'm trepidatious about May. I'm a little worried about that. Hey, it can't be can't be worse than last season. You can't finish uh, worse than last season. Or, uh, Don't you dare. You, you, look, <laughs> you never know. You never know. And <laughs> don't jinx it, Nat. <laughs> yeah. I mean, good thing you made so many changes from that team that, that yeah. played last season. Not. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Be better. Uh, yeah. Let's uh, talk about the Sounders schedule. Sounders will open the season at LAFC uh, on the 24th. Um, The thing I am most happy about, I mean, this was announced right after the MLS Cup pretty much. Um, Thank God that we, I don't have to watch this game and see LAFC like raise their banner and hear Taylor Twelman say five times during the broadcast, uh, talk about, uh, the Sounders failing uh, against them in the playoffs last year and uh, them winning MLS Cup because uh, that would just be way too much. Um, just Taylor Tolman is still going to bring up the Sounders losing to LAFC yeah. in the playoffs. He yeah. just is not going to be talking about LAFC winning the MLS Cup. Yeah, and he's—I mean—he's probably also—he's also going to say that the 2019 playoff game where we beat them is our greatest performance ever which um, i mean like sure that you can make that argument um but also we've heard him say that a million times at this point say something else please um for for schedules uh, for other for other notable um games we will end the season uh hosting portland uh we have to go to portland Twice, uh, our only meaning of uh, the uh, of hosting the Timbers uh, at Lumen Field this year is against Portland, and that scares me. That scares me because uh, we don't. Because I mean, Portland has really had our number when we play at at Seattle. I guess the last time we played them, we did tie them. Um, but uh, I mean, this having this be the last game is very interesting. It makes me think about the. I want to think about the 2014 end to the season uh, when the last two games we had were against the Galaxy, and us in the Galaxy were first and second in the Supporter Shield race. Um, again, that was our best ever team, and those two games are some of the greatest MOS games um, I would say ever. Um, and I mean, beating the LA Galaxy in the full, uh, fashion we did to win the supporter shield was huge. So, uh, with saying that, uh, with the Sounders not having CCL or the Club World Cup to worry about this, this, uh, this season, um, I, it would just this, imagine the storyline, uh, in, in which like 90 is like, 90th minute, Newhu scores the goal 
Sounders clinched the supporter shield. It and then it also eliminates uh, the Timbers from playoff contention. How amazing would that be to the end of the season? It's all. It's uh, always new. Now that in, I in your fantasies. I mean, like, because new who? I mean, new who's scoring? The place goes nuts. Especially, I mean, like, <laughs> I could take it one step further and say, new who's going to score a bicycle kick? Whoa! Now it's now it's not going to happen because I just said that. But if this happens, <laughs> then I I'm the greatest person ever. I'm the greatest person ever uh, for calling that right now. That's how the season's going to end for the Sounders. Um, yeah, so it should be fun. Too many games, um, as we have said, too many games, and the unbalanced schedule is terrible. So now we are going to share our. Uh, proposals uh, for how we think the MOS schedule should be. Uh, we have each made our schedules. I will go first with my schedule. My ideal MOS schedule is very simple. Now, I want the Supporter Shield to matter. I also want there to be less games. So, I propose that the revamped MLS schedule for a season that has 29 teams in it should be 28 games, one game against everyone. Uh, every If we have 29 teams next year, then it would alternate um, who was the host and who was away uh, the next year. Um, and honestly, with this, like you might not even have to have conferences. Uh, but this is this is something that I would find so much more entertaining. Um, yes, we it's a, it twenty eight games gets rid of six games, which pretty much gets rid of all midweek games. Makes all the games matter more. Um, you could, uh, I think, in my ideal world, I would also uh, change the number of playoff teams. But even even just getting rid of games makes every game matter more and makes it harder to get in the playoffs. Um, I think this. Uh, this also uh, would be better for uh, I think it's boring that there are some teams that we're going to play uh, uh, three times while uh, like Sanders don't get to play Messi this year. I would have liked to even if the game is in Miami, I would like to have seen that game. Um, so I think this is like this would be uh, there would be so much drama. Every team gets to see every team. The supporter shield will actually mean something because you everyone gets a chance to play something. I don't think home field advantage plays that much of uh makes that much of a difference these days. I think in MLS anyone can beat anyone. Um, so uh, this is what I propose, Matt. What are your thoughts? I like it. Um, the only concern I have is that it sort of hurts the chance to build regional rivalries. Uh, over multiple games a season and a home game for each team. Like the fact that you wouldn't get to see Portland at Seattle or Seattle at Portland every single year. Um, I mean, Portland at Seattle and Seattle at Portland every single year. Hey, everyone's going to, I mean, wherever that game is, everyone from Seattle, there's going to be so much more demand for like, uh, if the game was important in this year, then like everyone from Seattle is going down. To that game in Portland. Uh, is my is my 
response to that. Ethan, uh, thoughts on this? Um, this, I mean, like, we, if we have this, I would say just get rid of, just get rid of the conferences at that point. You don't even need the conferences. Just have one big list, top 16 teams or 18 teams make the playoffs. Yeah, I suppose you, you wouldn't really need the conferences at that point. Uh, in my schedule proposal, I, I had it that, that everybody plays each team twice, you know, one game home, one game away. Um, because I, I think that's, that's how they do it uh, in most leagues in Europe and, and, and things like that. And, and I like, I like being able to, to maybe, you know, maybe, maybe you lose against San Jose in San Jose, but you're right. All right, well, we'll, we'll beat them back in Seattle. Um, Cause you get to play them twice a year and, and yeah, I think it's it's basically it's it's the same thing as yours, but you know with with with, with some extra games in there. Um, so yeah. so so no, I mean I just put up the banner for that. Uh, the thing that I want to highlight here is obviously uh, fifty six games is what would happen there. Uh, there's already about I've that number some, of games. I've got for something some wrong clubs. here. I've got something wrong. Yeah, what? I swear to God, in like the Premier League, they play every team twice. They do play everyone there's twice, but teams. there's only 20 teams. You know what? You're right. That's a good point. God. Oh, my God. The MLS, <laughs> man. Why do we have so many teams in this league? I mean, there uh, is talk about – I I mean, I will say like the only – like the biggest thing – with my plan is that like it is good that you have to go home in a way and i mean there is also talk of uh when the mls gets to 40 teams um that maybe oh, they would then go to two divisions and then have pro row between mos um but yeah that's the two, two tiers of mos point. yeah well yeah they'd have they would have promotion relegation and then they could actually do this and have each team play, it would then be 38 games. Matt, do you have any thoughts on 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 that? Uh, well, I mean, 56 games is too many. I, I, this is like the ideal schedule, but it just can't happen. Um, yeah, yeah, it's an oversight on my part. Can we also can we also just say like in our IT schedule, do we like like I just want it uh, leagues cup to just go away like. We don't need these cup. That's the easiest for me. I like, also kind of want these cup to go cup. away. I think we could have it during the off season. I, I think that's much. It's a much better yeah. place for it. I think halting an, an an the MLS and the Liga MX season is just one of the dumbest things to do. It makes yeah. no sense for anybody, and I I think just put it in the off season. That it makes what? so much more sense. Well, especially when like it's so unbalanced, like especially when Liga MX doesn't get to host any games, it's just it's not a real tournament. Like, uh, and that's also part of this with the supporter shield. Again, I think the easiest change to the supporter shield is they should just give out two supporter shield. You just get a trophy for winning the Western Conference and winning the Eastern Conference. Um, and on and I, if you want to say we're not going to count the interconference games in that then like sure but like like uh yeah like there's there's definitely they're like again 
the schedule could be made so much better, and the schedule right now is just so unbalanced. Uh, Matt, let's hear your proposal. What would the ideal MLS schedule look like for you? Yeah, so I'm looking at um, the two conferences as they are, and you split uh, the Eastern Conference into a North and South, and you split the Western Conference into a uh, Midwest and and West Coast. Um, and what you would do is you would play two games, one home and one away, against each team in your division. Uh, that would be North, East, Southeast, Midwest, West Coast. You wait, would play one wait, game. Uh, wait, sorry, sorry, say that again. You 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 play two home games against everyone in your conference? No, two games, one home, okay. one away. Okay, cool. You would play one game against each team in your conference. Um, like, so Nashville would play one game uh, and it would alternate each year, whether it's home or away, against um, someone uh, in the Eastern, someone, someone in the, in North the other Eastern Conference. Yeah, someone, someone in, in the, the other Eastern Conference. Okay. So they would play New York once a year. Uh, one year it would be home, next year it would be away. Um, and you would play uh, games against the other conference to get you up to 25 total games. Um, and I arrived at that number just uh, because it puts you against roughly one-fourth of the other conference, um, and that means that you would play one of those teams every four years. Um, Wait, so how many games would it be again? 25 total. 25 total. Interesting. And I, I do like that, that it is less um, less teams. Um, yes. And anything else you want to add? Well, I, I went ahead and split up the conferences. So you can you can just think about the teams you would play twice a year and the chance to build uh, regional like rivalries with these teams. Um, so in the Northeast, uh, it's NYCFC with Montreal, New York Red Bulls, Philly, New England, Toronto, D.C., Chicago. Um, The Southeast would be Nashville with Cincy, Columbus, Atlanta, Charlotte, Orlando, and Miami. Um, The Midwest makes sense. The Midwest would be Dallas, Austin, Houston, St. Louis, Sporting Kansas City, Minnesota, and Colorado. And the West Coast would be Portland, Seattle, Vancouver, RSL, San Jose, LASC, and Galaxy. Uh, Ethan, any thoughts on uh, initial thoughts on how this would uh, work out? I feel like this feels very NFL. uh, It's very NFL. It's essentially the same thing as the NFL. Yeah, and how um, each allowed it alternates uh like home and away and then also like um how like there's still kind of west versus east um in it's kind of like the a- nfc and afc uh, yeah. but it's more uh, both based on location objectively th- it's good and it works the yeah. my only trepidation with it is that it is very nfl and that's just something that worries me for the perception of the mls because I, it's already perceived as this hyper Americanized version of of the game, and I guess I don't want to I don't I don't want to play into that. And that that is that's me 
100% openly worrying about what other people think, which is not the yeah. healthiest thing. But um, yeah, that's that's my major hesitation with it. But otherwise, I mean, it works pretty well, I think. The, the thing I'll say yeah. about that is that I think that the biggest space for MLS's immediate growth is in the American sports community that doesn't like soccer, not in the international soccer community that doesn't like the MLS. I mean, I mean, uh, I mean, if we're going to go talk, talk that route, maybe we should go with what Christian Pulisic says and just make goals worth seven points so that hmm. soccer is, is higher, is higher scoring. Um, no, I, I mean, I think still here we run into, um, I guess we still get to play every, uh, I like that every team gets to play, um, everyone, um, and um we still have uh we still there's still some um uh rivalries that get to happen um twice um i think uh yeah i think this is also better for travel um less travel it's great than, for travel than, yeah than my the biggest than concern my, what i suggest the biggest concern for me is that you would teams from the other conference you would only play once every three or four years um, yeah. which is too bad, but limiting it to 25 games, I think is so awesome for allowing other tournaments to yeah. um, be included and for players not to be overwhelmed yeah. and no more yeah. midweek games. And I don't know. Yeah. What, especially, I mean, all of, all the things, stuff about games, like could be also, it could also be f fixed if um, we had, uh, if, uh, rosters were able to be expanded and then just teams were able to bring in more players, which could happen also in the future. Um, so that because like when people say like, Oh, when people say like, why, why are we talking about games? Uh, the number of games uh, that the MOS teams are playing when teams in, in like the premier league are playing a lot more games with all the tournaments they're in and you never really hear those teams complaining. It's also because those rosters are just so much bigger. Um, so, I mean, like, well, like we can pr propose like the schedule changing um, also just hopefully the roster rules in MOS will also change sometime soon. Uh, I think it's interesting that no one brought up a three conference league. I think it's, I think uh, especially when um, we get our 30th team next year, I believe there's another team coming in uh, in uh, the season next year. can't remember which team it is, if it's Sacramento um, or San Diego. If that's, no, if it's San Diego, if that's when they're actually going to um, be coming in. Um, but uh, similar to how Matt has broken it up. We could have uh, East West and then a central division. Um, it could happen. Uh, but again, all of these are better than what it is now is what I'll say. Um, anything else on, on the schedule that you guys want to comment on anyone? I mean, it's, it's very funny to see all the MOS clubs this season um, uh, be posting a, that they all have like, you can buy your four game pass. You can buy your season tickets, and then you can buy the messy game. 
every MOS team is prepared for uh, the that Messi game to have Taylor Swift esque prices for when Messi comes to town. Um, anything else you uh, y'all want to add on on this schedule? Do you find that funny how it's ended up, Matt? Yeah, it's funny. Uh, I mean, he's the greatest of all time playing in what is one of his last seasons he'll ever play. Um, it's hard to imagine that anyone in our lifetimes will ever pass Messi's accomplishments. So if you can afford it, if you've got the disposable income, don't make a stupid financial decision, but go see Messi because it's awesome. The game I watched him in, he did not disappoint. Um, hopefully he plays a lot of games this season. I think it'd be disappointing for him to sit uh, in an away game. Yeah, it's going to be, I mean, this season, uh, when Messi has played so far, he has showed that he is motivated. And, uh, I mean, Miami has their first game of the season. Uh, uh, their first game of the season is this month. Um, that game against uh, Cristiano Ronaldo on January 29th. Uh, I am a, I'm definitely going to be watching that. I think a lot of people are going to watch that game. Um uh, and there's just so much travel for Messi and his legs uh, in which uh, after he plays that game, then Messi will be going um, then after he, after that game, then he is going to Japan uh, to play uh, to play a friendly there. Um, and then he also and then, that friendly is on the seventh. Um, all right, uh, dude, they, uh, the game against uh, they they have the Cristiano game is on the first, and they play Al Halal on the 29th, and then also on uh, the fifteenth, Miami will host uh, uh, Newell's from Argentina, Messi's uh, first uh, club, so. There's, I mean, like, Messi is also going to be uh, – he'll probably also not be available in the summer because of Copa America. I mean, he's old. He's focused on Argentina. Um, do you guys think Messi's going to win the Golden Boot um, this year? And do we think do, – where do we think Miami is going to finish this year? Bold predictions on that with the super team that they're assembling. Miami will win the Supporters' Shield. Messi will not win the Golden Boot because of a playing time thing. He'll probably have the best goals per 90. That's my guess. Uh, Ethan, what about you? Who, I'm gonna, where I'll, do you think he finishes up? I don't think he's going to win the Golden Boot. Similar, similar, similar. I lost the ability to say similar in that in that moment there. I apologize. Uh, similarly to what to what Matt said, I think it's going to be a playing time thing. He won't win the Golden Boot because of that. Um, I'm going to say Miami make the playoffs and lose in the first round. Uh, all right, should be fun. I think that's. Uh, I think they will get farther than the first round, but I don't see them winning a Most Cup. I really hope they don't completely run over the team. I mean, it's going to be any time they lose this year, it's going to be, it's going to be headlines. It will be interesting to see how, how yeah. available Messi is. And uh, I mean, to see Messi. I also, I mean, like 
See Messi playing in the U.S. Open Cup against some lower division times. That's what I'm <laughs> hoping for. It's going to be. Is, is forced to be in that. I feel like Miami are, are essentially in the place of that Brooklyn Nets team with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and uh, James Harden. If they, It's going to be that kind of thing where if they don't win MLS Cup, then like fire everyone involved. Like something's really wrong because they have they've built a team that is primed to win MLS Cup and to go far in the playoffs. And if they don't succeed this season, it'll be a major failure. Nah, nah. If they if they don't succeed this year, then they're just gonna bring in Neymar next season. <laughs> One more year of of MSN. Um, I mm. think that yeah, I think. That's going to do it. We will. Uh, it's been great uh, catching up on a- episode 84. Uh, make sure, thank you to people who checked out first ever live show. We'll continue trying this in the future. We want to remind you if you missed any portion and want to check out other episodes, check out the Hunger Games episode. It was awesome. <laughs> um, you can. Uh, Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts. You can follow f- follow us on Instagram at footballslife.wecb. Follow us on X at uh, w at wecb football, and contact the show at footballslife.wecb at gmail.com. Uh, until next time. Not to run next shows, but check the Instagram to see when that will happen. But until then, football, football is, is live. live.